0: Doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo, doo-to-do, doo doo do doo 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 doo
1: was ready.
2: Oh my god, you totally did. (laughs) You liar.
1: Liar. I just didn't know it was now. It's totally now. (laughs) Oh, Uh, oh, wait a minute. What did I say?
2: Was I introducing us?
1: Uh, You (laughs) said hello and welcome. Oh, hello
2: and welcome. Yeah, you really nailed that One
1: foot on the
2: ground. (laughs)
1: This is Johnny. And this is
2: Ashley. And today we're watching The Killing by Stanley Kubrick, which was 1956. Look at you. You. Yes. It's
1: 1956. (laughs) Uh, So proud, finally. I actually... I first looked up the TV show.
2: A fun fact is that I wrote down for a friend recently, not too long ago, Mm -hmm. I wrote down all of Stanley's films in chronological order, because of course I'm going to know that. But I was like, I wonder if I can guess the dates. Because I know which some of them are. You know what I mean? Like, I'm definite on some dates. Yeah. Not just the year?
1: Like, the full date?
2: Well, no, the year. Okay. For sure, the year. (laughs) I don't remember release dates and shit like that.
1: Well, those are also
2: funny. Yeah.
1: Like, was it initial release, the wide release? Like, exactly. There There's too many things. And no.
2: that's like, even Prince ones. I'm not going to give you any of that shit. Cause I, <laughs> and it's, you know, the European release date. and this, you know, yeah. I'm not going to ever remember any of those release dates. <laughs> I do know that the single for uh, Let's Pretend We're Married came out on my birthday. So that was November 16th. But that's the only release of Princess that came out on my birthday. Uh,
1: that one movie Sandra Bullock was in, Premonition, came out on my birthday, and oh, I
2: look remember you. that. A Harry Potter, <laughs> actually, a couple of Harry Potters came out around my birthday. One of them on my birthday, Fantastic Beast, the last one, came out on November sixteenth. Hey, look the, at Or us the most recent birthday stuff. Grindelwald. I only remember Premonition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why well, do? Because October, you know. Yeah air-esque is when the Harry Potters would normally come out like, except that? for the last two I think they were summer films
1: uh isn't wasn't that for a reason for the Harry Potters well I
2: think mood <laughs> like October slash November mm, fall fall kind of thing
1: No, uh, because they witches
2: yeah exactly <laughs> stereotypes
1: yeah yeah okay I know that like Star Wars movies were always released those are summer films right or were they November? Uh, December or December? Uh, des- they still are. No, uh, they were. They would release closer to the first ones' release date. Whenever they did re-releases and such. Oh.
0: Interesting. If I'm
1: remembering correctly, I remember I'm always releasing sometime funny because they were always trying to get by, get closest to that to that date. Interesting. But I also okay. remember what was it? Rogue one or the Force Awakens? One of those two. It was. They were. Christmas. Yeah, I think it was like the 21st. All of the
2: new. All of the new ones have come out around Christmas.
1: Yeah, but that's like a heavy hitting. Uh, like six,
2: seven, eight, Or no, se- seven, 7, 8, nine. Mm-hmm. Seven, eight nine. Well, the 9th is coming out yeah. this December.
1: Yeah, that's a, like a heavy hitting date. Like, Christmas Day is the busiest day of the year at a movie theater.
2: Yeah. so I did like, know that. No. Yeah. It's so when you got like. Nutso. Nutsos. Yeah.
1: Crazy nuts-os. You have like these big, big movies, and then you have like these little teeny tiny little ones that are like for right her too. We're here, too. In case those other things I'll are be sold out. for Christmas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which probably came out around the time. Uh, so we could start. Oh, we could start the movie. Uh, we are watching the Criterion release, of course, because it's it's the one I own.
1: But the only, if Criterion is available, it's the only one John will own.
2: It, for sure. Especially Stanley Kubrick.
1: Is Arrow video um, part of Criterion in some way?
2: No, that's a foreign... Oh, they don't only do foreign, do they?
1: No, they don't only
2: do no, foreign. They, they do a lot do of,
1: like, horror.
2: Because I, I have one right here. Literally.
1: Right but one. they do, yeah. Because they go on sale when cri- yeah. around uh, Criterion. But this time. one
2: is a foreign release. Yes. This one I bought on the internet. This is Irma Vep that I have in my hand mm-hmm. right now. Which is an amazing film that was about a filmmaker remaking the Les Vampires series, which is a silent film series by uh, Luis... I can't say his name, Fulod I think?
1: Nailed it. Fulod? Sure, definitely
2: Fulod. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. So this film opens with some beautiful footage of, um, uh, is it kind of loud?
0: A horse derby.
2: Horse, yeah, horse derby races, doodads. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alexander Singer, he's a person of note, I guess.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, that's why his name was bigger than everyone else's. <laughs> exactly. He was a, a
2: producer. Um, there's a lot of names that'll pop up on here, like Ruth Sabatka, so- 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 Sobot- I uh-huh. think, is that how you say it? Got me that's better. That's okay. Stanley Kubrick's first wife, maybe, wait, first or second. I can't remember. They were married. Yeah, they were definitely married. Uh, it's based on Clean Break, which is a novel that... Uh, Producer James B. Harris purchased at a little store in Brooklyn, maybe? The Bronx? One of those two. Stanley's from the Bronx. Stanley's from the Bronx. Yes. Um, But he bought this little novel and he read it and he was like, hey, Stanley, this might be the the perfect thing for our first uh, feature together. Because they had, they met previously um, after Stanley made the killing. Well, actually, they met before that. But, um, and then he made the film The Killer, or Killers, I'm sorry, this is The Killing, Killer's Kiss. Okay. And he invited James to come see it. He's like, hey, you should come see my movie that I made, because I made a movie since I've seen you. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) And, uh, he said, okay, you know, I'll go see it. And he said, well, you know, it was okay. (laughs) It was pretty good. He said it had a a start, a a middle, and an end. (laughs) But uh, Stanley had made that all by himself. Like, he photographed it, he edited it, and he did all of the sound post, um, post-production. post
0: All oh, of wow. it. wow. So he had That's to done the entire film. In
2: fact, the woman that plays the main lead woman, mm-hmm. uh, she was completely done by a different woman's voice because she wasn't available to do the, the dialogue later. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, anyway, so James B. Harris and him they got together and they were like, you know, cause James B. Harris was a, he worked for distribution, I think mm-hmm. in the film industry. And he said, I really would like to produce films. He said, and then Stanley of course wanted to direct films, So he's like, well, let's work together. Yeah. So this was the first thing they did together. Basically was the killing. And <clears throat> when they read the book, it has a nonlinear storyline. Okay. So, uh, they wanted to, that was the excitement of the book so they wanted to recreate that for the film so they did they did this so this is one of the first films to have this non-linear storyline <gasps> where you jump back and forth and basically they they're showing you the robbery from every point of view from every character that was involved in the robbery right because it was a joint effort between all the people i think there's seven versions of the story Throughout this, so, like the the five
1: criminals, right? And yeah. then the uh, I, I can't remember say... their names.
2: The detective is that who he is? Mm, I don't think the detective has his own. I think Mary Windsor does. Okay. Well, no, because I guess Mary Windsor would be part of Elijah. Maybe it's just five storylines. Okay. Maybe I can't remember. But like, it starts off with this dude. I can't remember anybody's names. I'm bad with names. But but it starts off with this guy who likes to drink, which is not good.
1: His name's like Elijah or something.
2: No, that's Elijah Cook Jr. right there. And he's actually, uh, you'll notice him. Like, he's he's a pretty popular face for films. Mm -hmm. I wrote down some of his work. (laughs) Loads of films I wrote. Uh, He was in an episode of Dick Tracy, which I thought was kind of fun. Kind of fitting for us. (laughs) uh he was in the maltese falcon uh and oh he was in don't bother to knock with marilyn monroe he played her brother or cousin whatever it was he was at the hotel that she was going to come and babysit at Mm -hmm. and that's how she like because he worked there and she was called in to babysit this girl in the apartment or whatever it was the room yeah and then she fell in love with the 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 guy that I can't remember the whole thing. I mean, it's a fantastic film. We're not going to go into all that. <laughs> That's a different <laughs> film. <laughs>
0: <clears throat>
2: but anyway, right on. Oh, I wrote down more. House on Haunted Hill. He was in that, and I love the fact this is a fun little factoid.
1: What year was the House on Haunted Hill?
2: I didn't write it down.
1: Okay, keep going.
2: Um, sorry, I should have written down the dates. No, no, I no, no, no. You're fine. The original. Okay. Back in the days. Yes. Before I, I before ass- 1960. I <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but the a clip of him in that film is used frequently in Freakazoid, the animated series that I absolutely adore. Yes. Uh, uh, it's of Elijah Cook Jr. specifically. Like, what is what's the clip? Uh, I think it's him screaming or something. It's like every time they show like a horror thing or something horrible happens in the show, they cut to him like screaming. Ah! Or something like that I can't remember. <laughs>
0: 1959.
2: There you go. Thank you. Uh then he went on to do in 1961 One-Eyed Jacks, which is kind of an interesting story. Because story? it was supposed to be a Stanley Kubrick film, One-Eyed mm-hmm. Jacks. It was supposed to be a western directed by Stanley Kubrick starring Marlon Brando. And something happened. I'm not exactly sure about the whole story because I I forgot or I didn't care. <laughs> But somehow Marlon Brando was like, F this, I'm going to direct it myself. So he ended up directing it himself. And Stanley Kubrick was tossed away. Which is probably, I don't remember any of that. I have actually never seen it. I always meant to and I just never have. But I thought it was interesting that not only him, but uh, several people from Stanley's camp ended up in that film, including Timothy Carey, who's in this. And uh, I wanted to say there was one more, but I don't think there was. Uh, this is... Why didn't Stanley do it? I can't remember. I mean, I think just basically Marlon Brando wanted to do it himself. Oh, okay. So he fired him or something. <laughs> he was like, bah. Bah, bitch. So we gotta also... Oh my god, there's so much to talk about with this beautiful film. Well, this is Sterling Hayden. Uh-huh. Where we've been introduced to him now. We kind of missed one of the subplot people things. There's what, so much that goes on in this movie. was One of the elements of the robbery... Because it's all but They told, were, like, passing it to... Yeah, they're, they're kind of passing bookies. information to get... in. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're setting up the whole thing. Yeah. So you're not... Like I said, you're not watching it in chronological order. You're watching everything out of order. So right. you're getting bits and pieces of the plan while you actually get pieces of the robbery.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, we just saw, basically, what happened with some of the robbery. Does that make sense? Where they were passing notes around? Like, at the... At the Derby? At the Derby. Yeah. Like, they were passing notes, and the robbery was happening while that was going on. Right. We don't... I don't know if we know that or not yet. I don't think we know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's also confusing. It's not when you're watching the film, but it's, you know... Yeah. It can be when you're trying to talk about it. <laughs> Which is why I encouraged people to watch this ahead of time. Because <laughs> then it, would, it might make more sense. Um, but anyway, so this is Sterling Hayden, and we know him from our 9 to 5 experience. Yeah. He was at the end of that. He was the big boss. <clears throat> he was. And he's very Sterling Hayden. Yeah. He's, it's, it, I was, I yesterday, <clears throat> in preparation for this whole situation, I decided to watch the special features of this Blu-ray, and one of them was interviews that he supposedly did in 1984, but I do not believe that, because we just watched... Nine to five, yeah, and that was nineteen eighty, and he looked terribly old in that movie. Yes, and he did not look that old. I was in these literally interviews.
1: just looking at him and thinking, man, he looks terribly old in
2: the, <laughs> <laughs> in the nine to five. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, now,
1: but He's, he didn't. He didn't look as old in the interview.
2: No, he did not. I so I'm assuming they probably filmed it like in maybe the late seventies and mm-hmm. then aired it in eighty four. Um because there's no way that he was older than he was in 9 to 5 in those interviews unless they aged him
1: in 9 to 5
2: maybe but that would be really weird Yeah. well that's because we were talking about how he was looking off camera a lot because he couldn't remember his lines lines. and in this interview he was very coherent throughout his whole interview I mean I guess he's not really reading lines but he's just just talking about things yeah and he's just so weird he's very Sterling Hayden no matter what Mm -hmm. does that make sense like i mean i wouldn't say he's a bad actor but it's almost i want to compare him to a modern actor
1: we've talked about this like how adam sandler is always adam sandler basically yeah and sterling
2: hayden was always sterling hayden yeah but he was brought in to give a film a certain like like a nine to five he comes in as the big boss of the M with a cowboy hat on. You know what I mean? Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's a manly man that smokes a cigar. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. who he is. So, he's like that in everything. And he's like that in real life. When I was watching those interviews, I was like, this is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. And he was like, he had a beverage of some sort. And I don't know what it was. But it was in a mug, a really weird-looking mug. Mm-hmm. And he kept, like, swirling it really wide. And I was like, what is he doing? Who does that? I Maiden does. But I also love his face. He has a beautiful face in a weird way.
1: Like in a very square way?
2: I don't know. Especially his eye... um, Yeah, that's where it squares um, the most. His, what is that, forehead. Yeah. And it has all these wrinkles in it that are very defined. Mm -hmm. And whenever he has a certain expression, like he raises his eyebrows and he has this fantastic wrinkled forehead. I love it. (laughs) And all I could think was, he's a handsome, he's a handsome man. I'd say yes so now we're with Elijah <laughs> Cook <laughs> so it jumps all over the place so we, we can't talk about too many people to at oh my god <clears throat> but this is Elijah thank Cook Jr. and the beautiful Mary Windsor and Mary Windsor oh I wrote some stuff down for her too tell me about her I love this woman now I have to go back and watch some other films of hers but because I wrote down she was in Freaky Friday Freaky Friday with with um go ahead thank you uh, Jodie Foster. Totally lost. Her for I was second. about to say Jamie Lee Curtis. Not
1: that one. No, she wasn't in the one with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee.
2: No, I don't think she was alive. No other one exists. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I prefer the Jodie I Foster know you hate one. That but one, the No Freaky Friday was pretty good. The remake. Yeah, I did like it. I yeah, loved oh, it wait, when. Yeah. Love, love, loved it when uh, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis started playing the guitar. No, 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 I was gonna say when she still sees herself in the mirror, she's like, "I look like the crypt keeper." I say that all the time. You do I do? <laughs> so Mary Windsor in this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> she's listing off like all the stuff that she's gonna have for dinner, and he's like, "Well, I don't smell it." It's all down at the shopping center. You have to go get it. too far away. Because basically she's like, if you see the two of these two together, she's like this tough, tall, broad kind of situation. And he's like this little man. And obviously she married him for convenience because she thought he had money and he was going to come into money or whatever. And he didn't.
1: Uh So now she's stuck
2: with this short little man that she has no interest in. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Talk, she's talking about it now, like why she married him.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: And anyway, she's immaculate. She looks gorgeous. But her lines, all of her dialogue in this, is hysterical.
1: I really like how the composition of like these images really portrays that like she sees herself higher than him. Oh you yeah, know, yeah. Like he's always like
2: smaller. And, and this, is, this is very Stanley. <laughs> is Stanley? which we have to talk about we have to talk about camera placement and camera movement in this film specifically because it is important Sorry, I mean it's important for my love of Stanley <laughs>
1: yeah but it's also
2: for the film very intentional yes it yeah. is um, oh I also wanted to put before I forget she was in Salem's Lot the the television film mm-hmm. and so was Elijah Cook Jr.
1: Oh, look at They them. were in there together. Look at them.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about other people when they come up. But okay. um, Oh, and he was also in Rosemary's Baby. Baby. Just if people rec- he, well, he, people will recognize him when they see him if they watch his film. Yeah. For sure. Well, if they're familiar with films. I guess,
0: <laughs> I guess If, if you, they've ever seen, if you haven't seen any
2: of those movies, then you wouldn't recognize him at all. But he, he has a very memorable face. He really does. Yeah. I like it. I like his face. So, the camera and lighting and all that kind of shit. Now, Stanley did have a director of photography for this, which was Lucian Ballard, I believe. Did I write it down? I don't think I did. I believe it's Lucian Ballard. I don't want you to do anything for me. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Whatever. It could be Lucian Ballard. But, um, which he was a famous cinematographer at the time. And for Stanley, it wasn't really... No matter who it was with Stanley Kubrick, if you were brought in as a director of photography, for the most part, you were there because of the union. Does that make sense? Like, you had to have a director of photography as a job on your film set. Right. And But Stanley would technically just film everything himself and set everything up himself. And just be like, go get me a coffee? Like, could you go, uh, why don't you move the camera? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't really, I mean, all of his film and any handheld footage in any Stanley Kubrick film is always going to be by Stanley Kubrick.
1: Oh, do you want to explain the difference between, for our audience, the difference between a director and a director of photography?
2: The director, well, the director of photography is specifically for the placement of the camera and lighting. Mm -hmm. Now, the director obviously can have an influence on those things yes no matter what in in any situation the but,
1: director's the overall vision yeah the yeah.
2: overall vision is the director but the director of photography is there specifically to make sure that everything's lit perfectly and everything's where it should be mm-hmm. and when the camera's going to move from point a to point b he needs to figure out how that's going to happen make sure it works well all that kind of stuff so but the overall composition will probably be dictated by the director Right. So, like, if he wants the camera to be here, mm-hmm. looking at that over there, it needs to be there. And that's what I was going to bring up with this. <clears throat> Stanley, ha- I mean, obviously he gave a lot of instruction, which Lucian was not. Was it Lucian mallon by the way? Oh, I'm looking it up. Um, he gave him lots of instructions about how to do things. And he was not used to that. He's like, I'm, I'm usually the one that, you know has this going my way like well, what's going on here um, so Stanley would come in early he'd set up his shots that he wanted
0: mm-hmm.
2: and Lucian would come in later and be like okay well you know this is normally my job Lucian Ballard, Lucian Ballard. okay I was right so what he did was uh, what happened what happened was oh, by, oh my god I'm missing out on no, all this ahead. fun stuff You're, we, there's can, so much we got her. it you got it she's with her lover now and she's telling him the plans that Elijah Cook had told her. So now she's telling her lover. And they had a beautiful fade out just then with some funny music where basically they had sex. It's <laughs> always one of my favorite things. It's like it's like it fades out while they kiss. And it's like... And now they're embracing on the sofa together. I just love that so much. So <laughs> when I was watching this with one of my boyfriends years ago, I said, they fucking had sex. (laughs) He thought it was funny, and I I thought it was funny. (laughs) I was very quick-witted. So, anyway. (laughs) Anyway, so what I was going to say was, so. and with this particular film, Stanley had it set up so that it's almost like you're looking at a cross-section of the apartments that they're in. Does that make sense? Like, one side is opened. So, if there's three rooms in the apartment, you see all three rooms like a dollhouse.
1: Oh, okay, yes. Or
2: or, uh, Wes Anderson, (laughs) Wes Anderson film. (laughs) Like you see the cross section. So, but you don't see that. But Stanley did it on purpose so that he could move a camera with the actor going through each room. Right. So that's how. And look at this lighting. Look at this lighting. Oh my God, it's gorgeous. They're being lit from underneath by a by a lamp. lamp. It's so gorgeous.
1: What's that called? That's called something when you use look at her with uh, the, practical lighting within the set to light the actors.
2: Uh, practical.
1: <laughs> dang That's it! Just what it's dang called. me! <laughs> <laughs> it's practical
2: lighting. Um, Stanley loved practical lighting. Yeah, loved it. And in fact, later in his films, like he would because he was a photographer before he was a filmmaker, which was a very important thing. And that's why this whole Lucian Ballard thing happened, which I still haven't finished telling you right. that story. But, because I swear to God, I'm to it. There's just so much going on. So. That's fine. We have but time. But Stanley did, um, he loved uh, lighting things logically. Like, he did not like there to be artificial light sources for a lot of stuff. Yeah. He knew that there had to be some of those things, but he chose mostly not to. So when he later, like when he did 2001 A Space Odyssey, and he knew all the people at um, NASA because he was in contact with them for authenticity and he wanted to make sure yep. everything was going to be as accurate as humanly possible for his film. So he knew that they were working on these lenses. We do that one. <clears throat> Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Uh, Zeiss lenses. We're going to do all of his at some point, believe me. In fact, I'm kind of mad we didn't start with this killer's kiss, but... It's fine. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: when you were, when you were uh, writing down the movies in chronological order, were you like, should have been recording these in chronological order? We should have. I mean, well, I,
2: I picked this one because we've talked about it several yeah. times, so I, I figured this was fun. Yeah,
1: and now I know the Killers year Killers. and that it's not the TV show.
2: Yes, exactly. This is not the television show, if you, if you notice. <laughs> There's no Kevin Bacon to be found. <laughs> so, um, DP. DP. So he worked... Anyway, Zeiss lenses, he eventually got ones that were going to be used for photographing stars in space Mm -hmm. so that he could film things in very low lighting and still pick it up, which is what he used for Barry Lyndon when he filmed that. He filmed most of it with candlelight. So it did give you a flatter image, but at the same time, you got to see uh, authentically what it would have been like at the time. Yes. He did not want to have any artificial light. There's only one scene that's artificial lit. Which is funny because it's my favorite scene. But it just so happens that it's my favorite scene. It's when they first fall in love and kiss for the first time. Oh, it's beautiful. Anyway, whatever. So, for this yeah, film... That really takes me out of the moment, though. <laughs> look, at, look at the lighting, though. I love this lighting. Mm-hmm. And this is all kind of... The camera angles and the lighting for this film kind of give you a foreshadowing of what he does with Dr. Strangelove, which is the film yeah, that a, a, really a few years that. later. Because Strangelove was, what, 63, I think. I believe it was 63. I I believe you're right, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Because I
1: I, I was literally just looking at that movie. Oh, but
2: I was going to say, with the chronological films making the list for my friend, I got all the dates correct. I was so excited about that.
1: All you needed was the first
2: one and the last one, and then you're you're fine. Yeah, I'm kind of good. Because he did kind of, like, you know, like, 50... Well, this was 56... So 50... 64. 64. Okay, I was close. Because with 55 was Killer's Kiss, 56 was this, 58 was paz of Glory, right?
1: Oh, I was not looking oh, at Oh, you're those. not looking? No, I
2: was looking at <laughs> Dr. Strange <laughs> I was so excited I was listing them off. I thought I was getting them all right, and you're just not even... You're not even there. No. Go backwards. Go backwards, ma'am. I did. His short films were listed first. Well, yeah. So, Killer's Killers Killers Kiss was what? 55. 55, 56, 57 was Pezeguer. I thought it was 58. Mm -hmm. 60 was Spartacus. Sixty. One? 62. 62, Lolita. Mm-hmm. So 63, we just said, right? 64. Or 64. So this is where he starts staggering because he's working longer. Well, they're also getting films.
1: bigger. Yeah, all yes. the movies are getting bigger and bigger. So 64 would be Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Wearing and love, love the Bomb. The bomb. I then can't then believe you didn't finish that. You
2: always say full I titles. Say I'm the so full disappointed. Title. Especially <laughs> with that one. I love the trailer, the original trailer. He says, uh, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, a Moving Picture. <laughs> I love that. 68 uh, was 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. 71 was A Clockwork Orange. Mm mm-hmm. 75, uh, of course, Barry Lyndon. Right on. Right 1980 on. was The Shining. Yeah. Uh, 87, Full Metal Jacket. And 99. Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, we're going to have to do all of them. He doesn't have a huge amount, so we can do all of them. He doesn't, no. But he took his time and made sure they were all perfect. They are. (laughs) So there you go. So as I was going to say with this film, so he set up the shots, right? Lucian Ballard was like, you know so what what Stanley had like I, like I said he had the cut section or the cross section of the apartments and he wanted specifically to follow actors so that you'd get a depth do you know what I mean like so you'd see the action of the actor moving but there'd be all kinds of
0: stuff going on in between, in between yes. like
2: chairs and tables and lamps yeah. or what you know what have stuff you. that people stuff, have in their home collective homes. stuff that you'd have in your house Yeah. and what had happened was you know Stanley put down the tracks and where the camera was going to go Mm -hmm. had it all set up and Lucian saw it and he was like you know if you use a different lens you can be closer to the action so he moved it and Stanley came in and was like oh hell so no girl you best put this back real quick or you're not coming back to my set and that's basically how that went (laughs) and Lucian was not very happy but he finished the job (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't think they work together again, though. Oh wow! No, uh, I think John Alcott was probably his most famous director of photography. Sounds like um, an easy gig. Well, for Stanley, you don't have to do much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to be there. Or you get have to a paycheck. Be yeah. <laughs> I would collect a paycheck for that. <laughs> be fine. But uh, so yeah, so that's how that worked. Right on. But I've actually, when I was watching this, uh, the behind-the-scenes yesterday for this, um, the James B. Harris interview, they showed a lot of the behind-the-scenes photographs of this, which I, I've i never really seen a whole lot of that. I think they're in my Stanley Kubrick archive book.
1: Yeah, but, I, I was just going to bring that up.
2: Yeah, but... <laughs> with well, I'm a nerd shit, but uh, I don't... I, you know, obviously this is not one that they... I don't think they talked extensively about it. I mean, you know, they're going to talk about the bigger ones a little bit more. Yeah. So, but it was fascinating to see the, the sets and how he had it lit, basically. Like, he had, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, practical light, not practical lighting, but imitation of practical lighting. Yes. Like, he'd have cut out windows mm-hmm. higher up that have lights coming through them so it looks like there's light coming through a window. But there's not. It's fake. No, oh. it's movie magic. This was also another thing. Like this woman doing this. There are so many lamps in this room, though. <coughs> there's like eight lamps. I'm sorry, that are my on. throat is very dry. It's probably because I'm talking so much. But like this, this is a big deal. This woman putting her cream on her face to get rid of her makeup. Once. Like this is a
1: because it's, this is the 50s. Yeah,
2: like you don't show this kind of stuff, and. It was also interesting that she would be doing this in front of her husband. This is how much uh, the the lack of respect she, she has had for, for him. him?
1: Yeah,
2: <clears throat> because this is not something you would do in front of your husband. This is something you would do privately after he goes to bed. Yeah, <laughs> and then before he wakes up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like in the, what was that show? Marvelous um, Miss Maisel. Yes, thank you. Yeah, exactly like that. In fact, yeah. this is around the same time as that. Yes. So yeah, <clears throat> but yes. Stanley was, like I said, a, f- a photographer before he was a filmmaker. And if you ever look through his old photographs, which I have several books about that. Yes. But uh, I've seen them. <laughs> it's so fascinating because it's almost like any kind of time, or not time, any old film, no matter what, like if from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it fascinates me you look at it now like you watch this now mm-hmm. and you're like oh it's a period film because they're in period costumes and it's like no 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 that's what they actually dress Whoa. like you know what I mean yeah it fascinates me like it does that make sense like if I watch Les Vampire, okay or whatever <clears throat> I'm watching it. I'm like, that's what they actually wore. Like, it was, <laughs> it's not like they're wearing a costume for this movie. It's like that's the kind of thing they actually would have worn at the time. Is it still considered a period piece if no, you're no, no. recording it? It's within a contemporary the... film. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like, looking. Does that make sense? Your head. It's like your brain isn't. It's, it, I, does that make sense? Tell me about my brain, John. Your brain, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking at something like well, mine anyway. It's like looking at it like. Well they did a lot of attention to detail with this period costume. It's like no, 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 <laughs> that's just, that's what, just they they what they had. Around. <laughs> that's what was laying around. Yeah, that around was house. what was in the local stores. Yeah, they went you know. down to the local five and dime and bought the the dress that she wears here.
1: Uh, and all the cloths that she puts on the lamps. Actually there's no cloths on these lamps.
2: No, I think that's when she's with her love hair.
1: Oh well, that makes sense.
2: <laughs> to just dim to the, the lighting, room, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at her trying to seduce her husband. Oh my! Oh, Another fade out with some music. Yeah, they had sex. <laughs> uh,
1: Academy had a of chess on and ground, checkers, huh? He said he had a foot on the ground, didn't he, when they were in the bed just now? Oh,
2: he did. Yeah, he was yeah. halfway off the bed. Did yeah, you see that, by the way? What? So he walks in. The, this is a Stanley magic. He walks in the door and you see the chess and uh, what is it? Chess and checkers. Those uh, are both just chess. Well, on the door, I meant it says chess and checkers something. Yeah, yeah. But it said it on the door and it was you could read it, so it didn't make much sense. And then when he backed the camera up, he's throwing hands,
1: John. Yeah.
2: No, I'm. (laughs) No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm being a dick. Like right now. Yeah. See, it's backwards because you've seen. It from the inside of the room. Right. Well, Stanley pulled back as St- Sterling Hayden was coming in the door, and it turns out he's filming it through a mirror that's in the corner. Ah. So you read it correctly. See, it's just tricky, tricky, tricky stuff. I love it. Now, this guy was actually... Uh, most of these people, the extras and all the bit parts, these are all people Stanley already knew. These are all his friends and stuff. So, like, this guy right here, it's good thing there's subtitles because... If I, when I watch this without subtitles, I have no clue what the hell this man's saying. Listen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you see he's what got, I'm saying? Like he, he's,
2: yeah, he kind of like. He has a very thick accent of some sort, and it's very hard to understand what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I don't think I've ever seen what he said before. I just watched it.
1: <laughs> I don't know how you live, John. Not knowing what people say. I'm like, well, I need a subtitle.
2: I mean, that's just like me and music.
1: Well, yeah.
2: I do the same thing. I, don't, I have no clue what they're saying. And I don't even think to look it up.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I'll look it up if like... We've talked about this before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. Mama say, mama say, mama say. There you go. But, like, I thought they were saying, he was saying, um, oh. I'm going to I'm stop, I'm not going to stop. Which is pretty good, yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah.
2: I was like, those I mean, are there's, real there's, words. There's For sure. <laughs> Prince lyrics to this day that, like, I have looked them up. Mm-hmm. I know what they are. But you can't but I remember that. But I still sing yeah. the, the ones that I think that they should be. Because <laughs> that's what I thought they were. <laughs> yeah. I do that all the time. But, um... So now this guy is being hired by Sterling right now to start a fight, which is what we saw at the beginning of the movie. Yes. So we've already seen the result of this.
1: Yeah, but do we know that we've seen the result
2: of this? Not until now. As a first time viewer. Well, we do now. Right. You saw this man at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the movie start a fight. Okay. Wait a minute, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Because the (laughs) bartender crawled away and... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? I think so. I think you're going to see more from his point of view after this scene, I think. And then it'll connect better. And then it'll connect better so that you know, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. So all of it... But that's the thing. Most of the people involved in the... There's, what, five main guys? Mm Mm-hmm. But then Sterling is hiring all these extra people to do these other little jobs Mm -hmm. that the other people don't know. Right. So they have no connection to the actual robbery or whatever. And they're going to get some kind of cut, but not... I think the other people know about it, too, but they don't know who it's going to be or who they are or anything like that. So this is Timothy Carey. Yeah. This is Timothy Carey, another friend of Stanley's. I think he was a friend of Stanley's, mm-hmm. but he ends up in. Um, he was also in Paths of Glory, which he's fantastic in, by the way. Uh, he was in One Eyed Jacks as well. He's one of the ones that carried over, <laughs> and he was also in the Monkeys movie Head, which was a good movie. Have you ever I seen it? I thought that? you were going to say Twelve Monkeys, and I was like, Yes, I've seen Twelve Monkeys. No, no, no the Monkeys, like the band. Yes, with the Hey double Hey e. with the Monkeys. People say they're monkeying around. Yeah. yeah. They had a film called Head, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic name for a film. And <laughs> it is, a Criterion actually released it at one point on Blu-ray. It was part of a collection that they did that had Easy Rider and it had all the films that were under that, I can't remember the name of the company, but there was like a company that made all these films randomly and then the production company kind of folded. Yeah. And I think it was Dennis Hopper might have had something to do with that company. But they put a box set together of all the films that I used to own. It I don't have it anymore. I wish I did, because it had Easy riser and it had Head, um, uh, five Easy pieces, and uh, I can't remember the other ones. But <clears throat> fantastic cinema, fantastic. Right on. Yeah.
1: So I love the uh, their targets. Their oh, I love targets. those targets. Oh, it's a they're a bunch of gangsters with guns pointed at you. I kind of want those. Yeah, I'd hang that up. I would totally hang that up in my house. Absolutely. I wonder what happened and to. There's you like know? a point system, and there's a zero for the the brim and the top the of, the brim hat. of the hat. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, whenever you're in a shootout oh, with a bunch of a... gangsters, you're firing hats off of people's heads, and it's oh, a absolutely. huge problem.
2: <laughs> you got a three if you hit his elbow. Looks
1: like. Oh, <laughs> well, he can't. He can't fire back as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah top point is five, so that
2: elbow's important. Oof, oof. Yeah, that five. So he's being hired to shoot a horse, which not exactly the f- most fun. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's also an easy gig. He was resistant to it, because he didn't really want to shoot a horse. Yeah, well, what'd the horse do? Exactly. It's not running around. <clears throat> well, not only that, that, but... Lives. Hey, Triumph! Mm-hmm. Look at that in the background. That's a... Go ahead. A brand of some sort. I can't think of sure what it is. is, though. Is it for motorcycles? Maybe, or motor motor vehicles of some sort. Mm-hmm. This guy, this was a friend of Stanley Kubrick's, so he was hired as a friend to do this little job. Right on. So now Sterling is setting up a little shack hotel kind of situation where he can uh, put his gun and jacket and stuff like just a place to to hide things and for somebody else to come pick up and take yes later
1: uh like leaving a drop.
2: yes yes there you go leaving a drop leaving a drop yes for all the people out there (laughs) see this is what i'm saying like this is why i kind of wanted the like uh, the viewers to watch it (laughs) (laughs) because it's like trying to talk about every single thing that's happening in this movie is very tricky I love the the door. It says 78 by 29, I think. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I was like, what the hell does that mean? It's the inches of the I door? Thought, it's the inches of the door. <laughs> that was measured. I honestly, I, for the longest time, I was like, it's got to be secret code of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> and then I was like, I measured a door and I was like, oh, it's just the size of the door.
1: <laughs> I, I saw that thing. and I knew. I was like, did they just not like erase it? Because they, like, they had to build a set, right? This
2: is a set? Uh No, that was actually practical. I think... I don't think... Th- the, the only sets I think were their apartments. Oh, really? Yeah. Other than that, it's all practical. Stanley loved practical.
1: Well, yeah, I knew that. But I figured if there's a door with, like, its, it's measurements marked on it, that, like, it was part of, like... You know, you have door frames, you have doors. Well, no, I mean, like, I think all, like, that's yeah.
2: probably just from the actual place that they used. Yeah, and was that is just, also... They needed a door that was that size, and they went and picked it up at the yard and still had it on there. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what it is. I yeah. mean, if Stanley didn't want it there, he would have gotten rid of it. I think he probably did it on purpose.
1: Probably. Left it. So it looks like a
2: wonk place. Yeah. Yeah. A trashy little place, huh? Because I think that's not basically... A, they don't care
1: about attention to detail.
2: Well, not only that, but I think it's supposed to be the The particular location that he went to was maybe not so, you know, like it was, it was uh, a lot of go workers of the ahead. street go would go to entertain their johns, sex workers. There you go, sex workers would go and, and entertain their the streets. Johns. Like construction workers, yeah, those too. <laughs> they pick up construction workers, bring them into a the little house, and <laughs> and uh, cobble some wood. <laughs> god that's, that's not how that works dirty. <laughs> <laughs> that was nasty right so now she's she's being sweet to him why is she being sweet to him her husband yeah I can't remember there's a reason she needs to manipulate him oh I him. think she needs to get the story out of him maybe
1: he shared he shared details and then she goes and but shares those more. details with somebody else.
2: But certainly it's not her. enough. <gasps> and basically threatened her and was like, Hey bitch, you need to get the fuck out of my there beads. was a
1: tagline for this movie that I saw on one poster, which I was like spoiler. Um, and it was hold on, I'm gonna find it. Most of the taglines had some variation of in all of its fury and violence or in all of their fury and violence Mm -hmm. yeah and then like it'll have like something else written
2: yeah written after that makes sense was this a particularly violent film I think so I think it was advertised as being um the most violent since Scarface I think it's even in the trailer oh Scarface
1: and uh Little Caesar yeah yeah I remember that yes
2: now we're not talking about the Scarface with Al Pacino which I hate what and we will never do that film I met uh, or movie. I'm sorry, movie on this. Wow. Seancast. I hate. Wow. Hate that. If I could, if I had the power, I would go back in time and I'd burn the celluloid for that thing. A hundred percent. Like no. <laughs> I mean not a percentage <laughs> at all. No percentage. Without a doubt, I would. Now do everybody that. drink. <laughs> everybody <laughs> drink because we said a percentage.
1: <laughs> um, the the other tagline I saw was. These five men had a two million dollar secret until one of them told this woman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh Mary Windsor gets a big old Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. And
1: they're all like huddled around on the poster. I really like that poster. That's but a I was like, poster. man, it's a spoiler. Yep, and see them all in the in all their fury. Yeah, see them all in all their fury.
2: Now, this also, for the record, mm-hmm. Sterling Hayden wasn't exactly a big star for this.
1: No, but look how big that name is on yes. that poster. He,
2: well, he was the biggest star, <laughs> as far as the cast is concerned, because he had already been in um, Asphalt Jungle with Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. and I want to say Johnny Guitar. I think he was in that, which was a Joan Crawford film.
1: Didn't uh... he played
2: Johnny Guitar, I believe.
1: Didn't Frank Sinatra express interest yes, in this film?
2: Yes, th- that was the thing. So when James B. Harris got the novel and he was like, this would be a great film and he showed it to Stanley and then uh, he went to United Artists because basically, okay, it was, what happened What what happened was, Stanley Cooper got distribution for his film Killer's Kiss from uh, U, uh, United Artists mm-hmm. and it was a pretty chunk of money for him to do that. How much? I can't remember exactly. That's fine.
1: I have the answer anyway.
2: You do? No, I have it for this one though. <laughs> oh. It was like I don't know, $25,000 or something like that. It was it was a pretty good chunk of money for especially at the time. Yeah. So, but Stanley was smart. He was very very smart. He knew exactly what he needed to do. Because basically he made the uh, killers ki- well, he made um the first one he did was well big full-length feature was um oh shit, I'm blanking. <gasps> Oh my god, and I, own, never it. I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fear and Desire. Okay. Which was a fictional war film. Um, which was actually not that bad. I didn't hate it. A lot, a lot of people disparage it, but I thought it was a good film. Um, anyway, he borrowed money from his dad to make that film, and then he got distribution for that, and with that money, he basically funded Killer's Kiss.
1: Seventy five thousand dollars
2: was their budget for what for this for Killer's Kiss? Oh, for Killer's Kiss? Yes. Okay. So he did that, and then he got distribution for it. Mm-hmm. So maybe he got more than twenty five thousand or whatever.
1: Uh, probably. I'm not seeing United. I saw like because I was looking into the budget for, for this, this film. Yeah. Because yeah, I also wanted to know what their gross was and like yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know I like those numbers. Uh, but 75,000 isn't a lot. Uh, yeah, practically no budget. Yeah, and he had oh, he had uh, he didn't have any filming permits, no, like on No, it was permits. all yeah. filmmaking, right on.
2: And he, I mean, he felt that's the fun thing about watching that is like it's a it's a, that's what I was saying about like that moment in time kind of thing like you're looking at a postcard of new york from that time yeah so there's like rooftop scenes where you see like the old skyline of new york and it's like crazy it's like there's nothing there it's like Where <laughs> is everything um it's just it's so gorgeous but um you see subways like the old subways in yeah that film it's so much fun we um, should have done it Rickett's crazy I know we, should, we really should have done because I love Killer's Kiss I know a lot of people even James B. Harris was like you know it was okay yeah I was like honestly man you was pretty good I would have been very proud of that if I had made that movie right on 100% oh shit nice <laughs> without a doubt yeah drink kids drink up so, Uh <laughs> have you uh, if you're you, paying attention
1: because we're do <laughs> you know how much the budget was for this one
2: no I do not I well I can't remember I know that well hold on I know to go back yeah so what uh, he had there was a gun in a that gun? guitar box oh my Johnny guitar box. has a gun so <laughs> he's switching out those boxes classic so, Look, that's
1: a trope in uh gangster films oh there you pulling go pulling out a gun from uh, a box of flowers yeah yeah
2: keep going I don't doubt it sorry Well, James knew that basically what happened was Stanley had a a deal with United Artists, was like, well, we like this. It was, you know, made money for us. So if you have another film that you make at some point, Mm -hmm. you know, let us know and we'll have distribution for you. So Stanley already had it set up. Like, well, my next feature is going to be distributed no matter what. So I'm good. We're good. Mm -hmm. We're all good. So, and James B. Harris, I think, kind of got the wrong idea about that exactly. Because he assumed like, okay, we're... We'll get this together, and then we'll take it to United Artists, and we'll get money to produce the film. Does that make sense?
1: You, yeah, United Artists uh, put forth, the, the budget was 320000 mm-hmm. for this film. Uh, United Artists put up 200000 Okay. And then James B. had to rally up the rest
2: of it. Now, I think it was 10000 that he had to spend to get the rights to the book. And what had happened was he contacted the, the author mm-hmm. and was like, we want to make this into a film. And he's like, well, Frank Sinatra's already kind of like looking at it, but he hasn't gotten back to you in a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's still available. And if you can get to it quicker, mm-hmm. then you can have it. But you got to get to it now. So he was like, okay, so they got the 10,000 together and bought the rights to the thing. And when they brought it to United Artists, they're like, well, we already have this. Like, <laughs> sort of. We're, you know We're looking into this with Frank Sinatra over here. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, but he hasn't gotten back to you, so we got it instead. So, <laughs> so we would like to do it. Yeah. And they're like, Well, okay, but who's going to be in it? <laughs> like, what do you got for me? Yeah. Because yeah. that's basically what it is. Like, you, you got to get a name in there for us to make money off this damn thing if you make it. <clears throat> so
1: they had Sterling Hayden. They
2: had Sterling Hayden. They got him. You know how much they paid him? No, I do not know.
1: I like those numbers. 40,000. 40,000. That's a lot. lot. Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot of money. That's what I'm saying.
2: But his name's so big. Yeah, seriously. He <laughs> got top villain on that shit. Mm-hmm. Now, and this was, like I said, this is before he was really big. Like, I think yeah. this helped him a lot mm-hmm. to get big. And then, of course, Doctor Strangelove was yes. freaking huge. But he, oh, he also did something else I want to say in between. Where I learned to stop wearing and love the bomb. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I usually do
1: say the whole.
2: Thing, <laughs> Thanks for everything, Julie.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, anyway, so then when they made the film, after all the budgets and shit got together and they got to got freaking make the movie, mm-hmm. um, they presented it and they were like, "Well, wait a minute, it's all out of order. Like, what is happening?" And (laughs) I'm like, I don't think we can sell this to people. Like, nobody's going to want to sit and watch this this way. Mm -hmm. So they started working on a cut that was going to be chronological. (laughs) And in the middle of doing it, they got like maybe, I don't know, 70% done with it. And they were like, this is dumb. Why the fuck are we doing this?
1: Probably significantly less interesting. Yes. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I would imagine it would just be very straightforward. And they said that was was what we loved about the book, and that's what worked. Like it worked that way. So they were like, no, 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 we're not doing that. So they left it the way it was, and of course, it became a pretty big hit. Mm -hmm. I believe. I don't don't have. I don't
1: have uh, gross. There's no gross. gross. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what they made opening weekend. I don't know what they made.
2: I, I know. definitely know that he it was a hit because he wouldn't have been able to make his next film if it hadn't been right. So
1: right, no, I could not find numbers.
0: For, and then of course his, his
2: next film was just oh my
0: god, I love his next film,
2: Paths of Glory, which is a spectacular piece of cinema. Yes, and we will absolutely do that
1: one. Yeah, but not next.
2: Not next, no, because we have to do them in order (laughs) 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 we could do well okay I would also like to point out that on the Criterion Blu-ray for this film Uh a bonus feature was the Blu-ray high definition version of Killer's Kiss and I have to say I was honestly disappointed (gasps) because I was like how dare you make that a bonus feature like it should have its own slot on my (laughs) shelf now I don't have a slot on my shelf for that. I used to have the DVD, which is another thing I would like to point out. So, now, knowing Stanley and the way he works and the way he was a photographer first, I knew that all of his films were impeccably photographed. But I always assumed, having seen the DVDs for Paths of Glory and The Killing and mm-hmm. the Killer's Kiss and whatnot, I just assumed he didn't have a whole lot of money. So that's why they looked the way they did. Because I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's okay. Yeah. And he did the best he could with the money that he had. It turns out, MGM he were just it. assholes and released these shitty versions of his movies on DVD. Oh my so word. So when I saw Paths of Glory when Criterion released it, I almost died. I was like, what the fuck? Why would you ever release that horrible version of his movie? Because it's impeccably photographed. Which I should have known.
1: You know, that <laughs> Stanley would
2: never photograph something that badly. I was... I was Mm. dumbfounded by how and which is why even though there's a bonus feature on this mm-hmm. I had to have you know not I don't want Killer's Kiss on DVD anymore because it pissed me off so bad and they fucked yeah. it up so bad I was like it looks like shit all the, all three of those did I was like you assholes of course you're gonna make Spartacus look good fuck you MGM because <laughs> <laughs> MGM distributed the first what the first three four mm-hmm. four the first four films of his Right on. And origi- originally they had uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, of but then course. that was purchased by Warner Brothers. Uh, well, and then they did the... Uh, Dr. Strangelove is still... Or how long does it stop Love in the bomb? Was there you still... Go. <laughs> um, it was... Uh, it's still not owned by Warner Brothers. I think it's Columbia Pictures... Has distribution for Doctor Strange Lover How We Learned to and Love or Howlard, or the Bomb. And <laughs> <laughs> so they they've always had, but when they do like a Stanley Cooper collection originally, because back in the day when Stanley was still alive and they were putting out the Stanley Cooper collection, the first version. If you ever see the trailer for it and the poster for it, it has I think from the killing all the way to Eyes White. Well not Eyes White yet, because that hadn't come out yet. Yeah, that hadn't come out yet. So,
1: *As why as Came Out* after he died.
2: Yes. And so while he was still alive, he was At working age on age the... seventy. No.
1: So young. Yeah, he died in 1999, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, so he died the same year that it was released. Yeah, he yeah, does... yeah. Yeah.
2: It okay. was uh, well. It. It's such a weird story. His death, because there was technically nothing really wrong with him, but. <laughs> are you telling me he was murdered no 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 he was not murdered well I mean by his film I suppose cause it was very stressful for him to make Eyes Wide Shut for a reason a stressful movie to watch well it's a gorgeous film did you do you like it
0: <laughs> It's like a silence that I don't really like <laughs> what is happening here yeah
2: seriously do you like Eyes Wide Shut I love it are you just saying that to make no, me happy? I'm not saying that to make you happy. Okay.
1: Uh, sometimes
2: I will get film. eyes wide
1: shut, and you're going to hate this, mixed oh, up no, with no, stir no, no, no.
2: Oh, stir-up <laughs> <That> is <laughs> yeah. not what I expected.
1: <laughs> I think it's because the covers are similar, and I watched them at a similar time when I was younger. The covers are similar? The, that gold color. That gold hue. Hold up, I'm gonna show you that gold hue. Are you talking
2: about the purple <laughs> cover of Stanley Cooper? That's so film. funny.
1: <laughs> I know there's a purple outline. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> Stop it with
2: that because it was my favorite color.
1: Of purple. course, of course it is. I thought that was like a special feature posters. edition.
2: No, no, no. The original poster was purple.
1: So the the frame in the center with a the
2: mirrored frame. Yeah,
1: with a Nikki Kid out there.
2: Tommy Tubes.
1: hmm Tommy Tubes. <laughs> Tommy Tubes and Nikki Kidd. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. find that Kevin B. Let's find that uh, Mr.
2: Bacon. Yeah, Mr. Bacons. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, just to finish that up, because, well, I mean, we should talk about maybe more. And look at those colors natural. there. Well, <laughs>
1: okay, but. So, and there's like, it's like, ha- it's half faces it's a golden orange color like the, in no my head. purple I mix whatsoever them up. yeah i that purple's gone it's like a special i didn't
2: hate that movie by the way Sir
1: i hated the part where the girl's like scratching and her nail like breaks well, that's i hated gross, how yeah. often they showed it and that was the part that scarred me i loved how they <laughs> photographed that's the only part i remember
2: the dead girl okay they photographed that very cool. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd remove frames so that she had, like, a weird jerky kind of... Yes. But she was a ballerina, so she moved very gracefully, but mm-hmm. then they removed frames so it was Very weird. jarring, yeah. yeah. And I, of course, freaking love Ileana Douglas, which is the girl that hypnotized him in the movie.
1: Okay. Oh,
2: God, I love that woman. She needs to be in more films. I don't know why she's not. She needs to be in every film Maybe ever. she's, like... She's probably busy. Doing her passion, <laughs> like making jewelry. I mean, she's on the uh, Aerosmith <laughs> ride at Disney, so mm-hmm. she probably gets royalties for that, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> she gets a paycheck for <laughs> that. She's like, what a she...
1: nice thing to have royalties with, though.
2: Any, any Like a, any like any a kind roller of, yeah. coaster? Seriously, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's just open I just every day that. of the I, year. I
2: love the actress so much. I'm pretty sure nobody that goes to see her goes on that ride <laughs> knows who the hell that woman is. But I'm like, I love her so much! And I bet you scream from this. <laughs> I do. <too.
1: laughs> I'm like, Douglas, I love you!
2: <laughs> and everybody's like,
1: oh, Oh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield is. Is, is he... an extra
2: in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going
1: to say it that. His debut I wrote film. that down. He's like in one of the fights. He's scenes, an onlooker yeah? right here somewhere. Somewhere. He, he takes a double take.
2: Does he really? <laughs> Does he do a double take? Yeah. Because he... that's very Rodney Dangerfield of him. Isn't it? Yeah.
1: Look how hairy this little man is I
2: know, that's like my back right there and so it's i will like, say um, i'm proud of myself for not being that thick of a man
1: <laughs> it reminds me very much of beast from the x-men oh, yeah. like his like his um frame oh there he is is that him
2: wait a minute that's not him how oh, old is rodney Dangerville?
1: he's <laughs> got to be young
2: because maybe that wasn't him because that guy seems like he might be too old to be Robert Dangerfield right? I you know I I don't have to go over this with a fine tooth comb <laughs> oh, by the way so I was watching The Little Mermaid the other day mm-hmm. on
1: Blu-ray and you were going <laughs> over it with a fine tooth fork I
2: kind of was going to that's that, that is that, that, him right there? that him right there that's what I thought but wouldn't he be too old? I don't... He's
1: the youngest man on, I in mean, that pile.
2: Yeah. I mean, Sterling Hayden looks about the same later in life. <laughs> 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 that's the funny thing about like watching actors grow up in films or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, you watch them and it definitely looks like them. Just younger, but it's still... You know what I mean? Like It's yeah. just an awkward thing. Well, not awkward, but it's just funny.
1: Some people look vastly different. Well, like, yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. Who is it? Michael C. Anthony?
2: Michael C. Anthony. Wait,
1: Anthony Michael.
2: Michael Hall? C. Breakfast Club. Breakfast. Oh, oh, that guy. Is it I can't Anthony remember Michael it
1: Hall. Michael Anthony. Something. I, something. All right. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, but he looks way different now. Yeah. Like grown. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know what I was going to say.
1: I interrupted you, and I apologize. No, it's fine. Rodney Dangerfield. Looking young, growing no, up. No, that, that was it. I mean, I finished that. Fight, break, break. I was
2: going to talk about Stanley's death a little bit. Talk about Stanley's death? But not death. extensively, because we should probably save that for Eyes Wide Shut. But okay. basically, just he had been working on wanting to make that film since 1960 when he read the book. Eyes Wide Comino. Shut? Mm-hmm. Wow. And every time he'd work with a new writer or producer or whatever, he'd give him a copy of that book and was like, I really want to make this a film. And they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> 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 Good luck with that, Stanley. Like, I'm not gonna help you with that one." Yeah. And um, basically, so he had it in his head that whole time, like 1960, all the way up until he made it. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, was like I said, everybody kept saying no. And then when he was, after he had done, um, Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. he had started working on two things. He had started working on A.I., which actually I think started earlier than Full Metal Jacket. But he had started working on A.I., and when he was trying to do topiaries Coming to Life for The Shining, which eventually scrapped and did The Maze instead, because he couldn't get it right. He didn't look real enough. So he's like, no, 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 we're not doing that. And that's basically why he put A.I. on the back burner, because he was like, well, there's no way we can make this film if I can't make yeah. that look real. I certainly can't make artificial intelligence look real. And in fact, Chris Cunningham, who's a filmmaker, he well, he mostly does music videos. You've mm-hmm. definitely seen some of his music videos. I've never seen a music video. Yes, you have. I've only seen Bewitched. Oh, God.
1: say <laughs> <laughs> la <vie>. huh?
2: <laughs> No, so he, but he um, he actually had Chris Cunningham, which it's a whole, there's a whole, there's so much information in my head. Uh, he had him working on an actual artificial boy. Mm-hmm. And in, in some of his music videos that he was making around the same time, um, most of it was stuff that he had been working on for Stanley Kubrick, but not in the way that you would sing. Like, it was mostly the machinery or yeah. the, the guts of the robots that he would photograph. Oh, for man, does things. this
1: boy look... like Is it like Uncanny Valley
2: stuff? Well, no, you never got to see what the boy would have looked like. They never show... Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. But then when he did... He did a music video with Bjork called All is Full of Love, which is one of the most cinematically gorgeous things I've ever seen in my life. Ever? Ever. Yes, it is. To this day, it's still one of my favorite things. It's so beautiful. Gonna look it But he directed that, and I always assumed that that's what he was kind of going for with Stanley Kubrick, like working on that, but that's not. But Bjork did have 2001 as a reference for that video she's like okay. I wanted to be very like 2001 where it's very stark and white and has like that whole feeling to it um but I always assumed that that would have been a perfect way to do the artificial boy for artificial intelligence mm-hmm. you would have had a robot that you would use for practical scenes and then you would digitally add the face of the actor onto it Ooh, later I hate that <laughs> I mean but it worked like if yeah. you watch that music video to this day it still looks good it's like so cool all, all She makes out with herself. It's amazing. Oh. But,
0: <laughs> but as robots. <laughs>
2: and I, but anyways.
0: So, but, so it's not gay. No.
2: It's not <laughs> gay if it's me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, so Stanley, he was working on all that stuff, and then he started working on the Aryan Papers, mm-hmm. um, but then, okay, so it's, it's kind of like a weird order, because he and... Spielberg became friends when Spielberg was filming the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. The set had to be built for the temple scene on the same soundstage that the Shining set was built. But the Shining set caught fire and had to be rebuilt. So there was a postponement or whatever. And yeah. Spielberg, and then because of that, they had to start communicating with each other. Like, oh, I'm sorry, the set burned down. I'm like, sorry, dude. Gotta wait. So they started becoming friends. Mm hmm. And, and you it, put that in air quotes? I put that in air quotes Are because they I think... It was to, to Spielberg, I think they were friends. But to Stanley, it was just somebody he knew that he could utilize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I, I'm
2: pretty sure that's how he felt about um, he it. He shot the horse. Oh, Timothy. But now he's going to run over a horseshoe because he offended that poor black man. And uh, boom. Tires blown out. And... He's gonna die. So this this is the first casualty, isn't it? I love white wall tires. Yeah, those are very nice tires. I wanted to get No match for that horseshoe way. though. <laughs> 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 so um
1: anyways, so I s- think I think it would have been fine though. I think Maybe. that car could have driven over a horseshoe and been fine. Maybe. That horseshoe. It wouldn't have worked really. for the movie there. No, it would not have.
2: Oh, I was going to say, uh, when we were watching the opening credits, he... Um, I knew you had more of those opening credits. I did. <laughs> he actually, they had originally had a, a second unit director kind of person filming a horse race uh-huh. place or whatever, the, the derby. And uh, Stanley saw the footage and was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, 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 no. <laughs> so we actually had to, to have it photographed better. For his opening sequence and everything uh, for all the horse racing scenes mm-hmm. so it had to be reshot because he did not like what came out of I think Lucian actually was the one that filmed the good stuff Ooh. no oh, the good oh, stuff okay. not the bad stuff the good I was stuff. like
1: man that did not go well for him No, did no it?
2: Poor, <laughs> poor guy no, no. Was it was, like, was it what was a are you doing second unit person <laughs> of some sort that originally did it yeah but, but they um no they got fired <laughs> and the new stuff was filmed
1: just yeah. so you know Right on, right on.
2: So, and you see the same; it's the exact same horse race throughout the whole thing. Like, yes. it's not like you're seeing different ones. You're seeing the same exact horse race. Yeah, over and over and over, but just different angles, different you know blah, perspectives. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Which is what you're seeing for the film anyway.
1: Yeah,
2: you're seeing all the different perspectives of the robbery. Yeah. <clears throat> also, so you basically hear this announcement what five times during this thing yes the exact same announcement
1: yeah to indicate like it's a placeholder for for where we are in their story yes
2: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm a famous moment's coming up soon what moment is that the clown face which I posted on our Instagram
1: oh yeah apparently um like these scenes like the this whole movie inspired a bunch of different gangster type films, or heist movies, rather. Mm -hmm. So the clown face, that particular mask was... Is it Batman? No. That wasn't in Batman. The mask in Batman that that was... that they modeled after? It might have been. I did not write that down. I thought I would remember that one.
0: (laughs) But that is
2: usually when you look up the killing and put, put the correct date in your Google search. <laughs> images will pop up and usually that's the, the most frequent images.
1: Well, it's also difficult to search the killing and um, without a year and find what it, what it is you're looking for. Yeah, exactly.
2: I told you because of that damn show.
1: No, not just because of that damn show. Because, like, I, I just typed in killing masks and it's oh. just like <laughs> leather face. Oh, God, that's <laughs> Such true. Such coming up, yeah. bum
2: or Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty famous one.
1: Yeah, well that's, uh, what's his face?
2: Uh, William Shatner. Look at you go, so proud. Look at me, knowing some movie facts. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so this movie has um, a narration in it.
2: Yes, it does, yes.
1: And I read, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that Kubrick did not want that. And the studio pushed for it. And I don't know if it's because they thought that the out-of-sequence scenes are going to be, like, um, too much for an audience to, like, handle or whatever. But since Kubrick didn't like it, he made the narration um, unreliable.
2: That sounds like him.
1: Yeah, it was just, like, like a petty little... Yeah, That definitely (laughs) sounds like him. Um, He made it uh you yeah. just liked it you made it unreliable and like mistaken like it mistakes in some parts and will have you there's the mask hate that there mask yeah, it's, <laughs> a,
2: it's not a very attractive mask No. um that sounds about right yeah he actually he did have narration in a lot of his films but and the funny thing is it because uh, what dr Strangelove has or how long is that one album has so narration. So I don't think I didn't know. She's in 2001 is the 2001 A Space Odyssey, though. So, oh, good God. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, <laughs> 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 Jeez Louise, going to hold you to it. <laughs> um, well, this is what I was going to say. I think all the films that he did... I'm trying to think in my head here. God, I, I I I feel like I would need to rewatch all of his films to pay more attention to narrators because I feel like there are more narrators. Mm-hmm. Well, I know for a fact there are. I mean, uh, obviously, *Clockwork Orange* has a narrator because right. it's Alex. Barry Lennon has a narrator. Uh, *Full Metal Jacket* has a narrator. The joke or Joker. Um, yeah. But the 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 thing I was going to bring up was that 2001 had narration written, but then he didn't use it. And so did Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut was also written with narration, but he left it out. On purpose.
1: Yeah, sometimes narration can be cool, but sometimes it is, like, way overdone.
2: Like, if, if the narration had been intact for 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. you would have known that the... The things orbiting uh, at the beginning of when they jump ahead to, you know, space. Mm hmm Those things that he shows initially are not... Satellites, they're supposed to be bombs that are there to protect if something happens. They can, you know, use them as bombs or whatever to... Yeah. ...win war... I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but that was written in the narration, but then he just took it out so you just think it's like satellites or something, which probably works better to think that they're just satellites.
1: Okay. Now when I rewatch watch it, it's going to be ruined because I'm going to know they're bombs. I mean, you can take it won't be ruined. It doesn't
2: matter. It's still good. <laughs> it's still a good <laughs> fucking <laughs> film. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say, so he was... Uh, when Stanley Cooper... Okay, so let's jump back ahead let's, let's non-linear this so <laughs> when Stanley was working between Full Metal Jacket and Eyes Wide Shut to give you more I- indication about all that so when he was in between there he was kind of working on several things because he didn't quite know what to do AI was brought back up because he had seen Jurassic Park in 93 mm-hmm. because of Spielberg you know he was friendly with him so oh, and I was going to say he had a fax machine in a closet like, Stanley had one and Spielberg had one, and that was their way of communicating, was this one fax machine. Like, it was a direct line kind of thing. Like, that was what it was for, was to communicate between the two of them. So, that's the only way they ever communicated. I mean, I'm pretty sure they talked on the phone at some point. But, <laughs> but Stanley was obsessed with communication. And if you ever think about it, all of Stanley Kubrick's films, the breakdown of the plot, like, or what the downfall of the characters is all due to lack of communication. In every single film. That's like
1: most movies, though. Yeah, true. That's most stories. Like, a lot of things can be resolved with, like, good communication.
2: Yeah, but he makes it very obvious in all of his films. Yeah. Like, this is is what's going to happen because Mm -hmm. we stopped talking. (laughs) 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 Do you know what I mean? Or even, like, Hal 9000 in 2001 A Space Odyssey. It was a conflict of information that was given to him. That caused the downfall of the situation because yes. he had two conflicting things, and he didn't know how to resolve them because he's a computer, yeah. and it broke it up, and he fucked everything. It fucked everybody in the butt, in a bad way. In a bad way, not yeah. a good way. That's yeah. true. I should probably specify. Otherwise, specify. people are like, You're like, "I don't understand."
1: Wow, 2000 so bad. Words. That's good. That was sexy. <laughs> 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 <No. Ooh. laughs> It was Batman that I was thinking of.
0: The masks. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep, the the goons of Batman have uh, some more masks. I like it. I like it. I like it, too. Also, Quentin Tarantino often referred to uh, Reservoir Dogs as being like heavily inspired by the killing.
2: Well, I it's think non-linear. that's where I was yeah. going to go with my fact about this being one of the first nonlinear, is that, because uh, a lot of people... Can, say, Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction would be like these big ones where like, oh my God, it's like crazy because it's never happened before. Yeah, it has. <laughs> Stanley did it first. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Stanley does. Stanley. Stanley first. You are such, such a Disney. Stanley super I'm fan. I'm such a freaking nerd for Stanley. You are. Well, I mean, you give credit where credit's due. It's Yeah. Like no, no, it's fine.
1: Uh, it's perfectly yeah, fine it to be a nerd for uh, Kubrick. Heck
2: yeah. So... <laughs> so Oh, but so going back to Stanley and making the film, so he saw Jurassic Park, Mm -hmm. he saw the technology, and he's like, well, okay, we could probably do AI now. Yeah. Now that I see those dinosaurs running around, (laughs) that's pretty cool. So he's like, I think we could probably work on AI. But he started working on the Aryan Papers, which was a, a Holocaust film. And of course, Sam Cooper was Jewish, so it was a big deal for him to be doing this. Oh, this little guy right here, the sidekick here. Hey, look at him. He is Joe Turkle. Uh-huh. He ends up in Paths of Glory, and most famously, he's the bartender in The Shining. Oh. that's Lloyd the bartender. Look at him, look at him, yo. Look
1: at him. And <laughs> he's so cute. precious. This guy here who's with him, he looks super familiar, but I think he looks like um.
2: This is a reservoir dog's moment right here. Yes. Because everybody shoots each other basically and
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> love his face.
2: And I love how quickly everybody was murdered. Yes. Right then. Like seriously. It didn't even feel like there was enough gunshots for that to happen. <laughs> everybody's dead. It, well, and Elijah is dying. Yes. And basically he's gone he's gonna he's gonna survive for a little bit and it's gonna be pretty fun. <laughs> It's fun that he survived for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, so he was working on the Aryan Papers, Stanley. And he got very depressed while he was working on it. Because it was a very depressing topic. And, you know, recreating this holocaust of all these people was horrible for him. (laughs) Yeah, His wife kept telling him, you can't do this. Like, this is killing you. This is not good. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, but whatever. And then basically what happened was Stanley, not Stanley, I'm sorry, Stephen... Put out Schindler's List real quick. <laughs> and what, because back in the day when he was working on Full Metal Jackets, he takes a while to make his films. He, he takes his time and makes sure he does them right. Yeah. And by the time Full Metal Jacket had come out, Apocalypse Now had come out in 79, I think it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: um Then Platoon came out right before Full Metal Jacket. It was almost one of those things where it's like, well, you know, people keep beating me to the punch before I finish these films. So when he saw Schindler's List, he's like, I'm not doing it. I'm cutting it. And that was one where sets had been built, locations were, uh, people were casting it. It was it was going to happen. Yeah. And then it was, boop, nope, no more. Um, so he pulled the plug on that one. And uh, Warner Brothers was like, well, you, you've got to make a movie. Like, and he's like, well, we're not ready for AI yet. I'm yeah. still not there Um But Warner Bros Like people are getting restless You know You haven't made a film Since 1987 With Full Metal Jacket. Like what are you doing Like And it was like what 93 around this time So it, They were like You've gotta make something Like there was that guy That was impersonating him In real life mm-hmm. Which John Malkovich Played in a movie <laughs> Called Color Me Kubrick Um so and nobody had seen him in so long either so nobody knew what he looked like like people would come up to his door knock on the door and be like hey is Stanley home and he's like no I'm sorry he's not here (laughs) because nobody really knew what he looked like because he hadn't been in the public for so long so oh this is where he bought the terrible suitcase and he's shoving money into it god Mm -hmm. I wish I had all that money yeah, so does he <laughs> i wish i was just came upon the scene later where there's all these bills laying around and they didn't fit in the suitcase
1: yeah even like by today's money standard like cause yeah. those all just look like ones
2: well still no that's what I i'm could saying buy lunch no absolutely <laughs> a lot of lunches i could so, buy this movie on blu-ray yeah you could
0: you
2: mm-hmm. could um yeah that suitcase is shitty dude you should I mean, he should have cut it off right now. He should have. Been like, nope, nope, nope. Not working.
1: Well, when people are under pressure, they yeah, make poor choices. Poor choices.
2: So Elijah Cook has been shot, and he made his way home, dying, to encounter his wife, who's packing up her suitcase to leave with her lover. But oh, his love, her lover's dead. Oh, look,
1: that that bird is definitely stuffed.
2: Oh yeah, that bird is fake.
1: Yeah. Well, That's because there's a. Uh, a loud uh scene here, like a gunshot? Is that right? What's that? I'm sorry? Is there a gunshot here? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um I well I felt weird because I thought I was gonna be spoiling it, but we do that.
2: We do anyway. we tend to do that yeah. anyway. I mean this film's been out since what, nineteen fifty uh come on, six, six. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys have had time to watch it and we warned you ahead of time that we were doing this one. Yeah. the sound of that fake bird fake bird fake bird <laughs> I love that <laughs> love bed look at that bed I love everything about this love uh, that wallpaper back there yes I love, love it she has a lot of uh, Asian influence in here she Uh-oh. does her death is so great I mean it's not you know what I mean yeah her acting this is <laughs> 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 oh, there's no blood like <laughs> <and laughs> <not long laughs> anything not even a man. Oh. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just a bad joke without Not a punchline, punch and then she dies. <laughs> she's like, a bite. That's one of the best deaths ever. <laughs> she insults him <laughs> until the moment she's dead. <laughs> now that's a real bird. Yeah. For that close-up. Mm. Oh look, United. <laughs> oh, United Artists, United Airlines. Look at there that! Look at that! Oh, Stanley, Stanley, clever. He's like, oh, let's get that United plane in there because United artists. <laughs> you us have some of that money. Um, So anyway, so they basically, Warner Bros. told Stanley, you need to make a film. Whatever you want, we don't care. Just make a film. Yeah,
1: produce something.
2: And he's like, anything? Anything <laughs> I want? So he pulled Trauma Novel out. It was like, let's make Eyes Wide Check! And then he took forever to make it because he knew, like I said, he had it in his head since 1960. Yeah. But then, when he was f- making it, he got very stressed out. Look at that dog. So cute. here's the here's the doggy. It's like a little torpedo. Well, I wonder why there's a dog focused in this scene. Hmm.
1: There was a dog hmm. focused in the beginning, or not in the beginning when he was with the when they were shooting on the range. Oh, yeah, look at that. A little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I just have an eye for small dogs.
2: And this is we're going to try to check. The, he wants to take the, this gigantic suitcase on the flight with him. Mm-hmm. But they're like, fuck no, bitch. This thing's too big. You have to check that shit. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm Sterling Hayden. No, 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 no. Say, uh, no, no. <laughs> he really does sound like that, by the way. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing a pretty good impersonation of Sterling Hayden.
1: Yeah, pretty spot on. I can't tell if you're talking where if he is.
2: I know, it's yeah. crazy. It's like I he's can. in the room.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, um So anyway, so Stanley, yeah, he won he eyes white shut took a long freaking time to make it because mm-hmm. he knew what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, several actors were replaced <laughs> during it. Like they filmed their entire part and then he was like not and gotta fix it. Um oh, so anyway, so he took his time. He made sure it was done correctly. The filmmaking techniques were fantastic. He was going to use his cameras from Barry Lyndon, the mm-hmm. Zeiss lens cameras, which we didn't talk about. We're definitely going to bring that up in Barry Lyndon when we do well, that. Well, right, yeah. Because <coughs> there's way too much to talk about from Barry Lyndon.
1: Well, know. yeah, no, I expect um, a lot <coughs> to be discussed during Barry Lyndon, since yes. that is one of your all-time It
0: all is my time favorite film. Yeah.
2: Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. My favorite film ever. yeah. So, um, anyway, so he was going to bring those cameras back to film Eyes Wide Up, but then he was like, wait a minute. He's like, I could I could just um, photograph it, you know, as well as we can with the cameras that we have, um, and then oversaturate the, uh, or overexpose the footage in the process of developing the footage, which is what he did. So that's why it has like a weird It's a risky move, glow. too. Yeah, yeah. Mess that up. You could mess that up. <laughs> um, but it has that beautiful, weird... Glow about the film that makes the whole thing very surreal, yes. which was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it's supposed to feel that way. Martin Scorsese said something really fascinating about it. He's like, You know, I was watching that movie and it's like watching New York City, but New York City in a dream. And I was like, That is perfect. Because that's what Stanley was going yeah. for. So, um, anyway, so once he made it and he showed it to the executives at Warner Brothers, they, and he was nervous as hell. She said, like his wife said, it was just a whole lot of pressure on him for this film to work out correctly yeah and his health started getting kind of weird about that time like where he was having trouble breathing and stuff like that so it was like it was obviously affecting him to make this film and then he showed it to the executives and the executives got back to him and said oh my god we love this film this is amazing and she said the relief of that is what killed him he went to bed that night and never woke up Wow. Oh, that's sad. It's horrifying. Huh. He died making his film. I should probably really re watch that movie. <laughs> it's a gorgeous yeah. film.
1: Uh oh! Oh no! And there it is,
2: The Money Shot. Oh, literally! <laughs> that's it's literally so The Money funny Shot. <laughs> I wonder if that's where that turn came from. Probably not. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> Stanley! <laughs> everything comes from Stanley <laughs> Stanley originated everything you know I was actually going to say uh, in the history of filmmaking you know cause when Look you talk about it. I know he's like oh, oh my god. god Yeah, she's like come on darling we gotta get out of here your money's all over the place and that fucking little dog <laughs> you gotta love this music uh, Gerald Freed did the music for this he did the music for uh, the first four Stanley Cooper films oh okay right. Really? yeah Oh, I think he also did work for Dr. Strangelove or How We Learned to Stop and Love the Bomb but there wasn't a whole lot to do for that because he used some pre-existing music and stuff like that. So. Yeah, Which is where that kind of started. It started about that time. Because famously, Stanley used pre-existing music for 2001 Space Odyssey. All the songs that he had used as um, like uh, to edit the film. Because mm-hmm. they usually use like classical pieces of music or some some other music of some sort to edit to get yeah a pace, and then they have and the, then they have a score person come in and just score it
1: yeah there's a theory that that's why a lot of movies sound like other movies because people yeah. will put in the scores from other movies because that, yes. so that's like a general feeling that they want to portray Absolutely. and then after they edit the movie to that music and, but obviously they can't use that music and so no. they tell their uh their sound designers and composers to like, make it just like that, but also not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But Stanley, obviously, for 2001 Space Odyssey, he just chose to keep those things. And the score, mm-hmm. which was written by Alex North, mm-hmm. who did the score for Spartacus, uh, he wrote a score. Yeah. But Stanley didn't use that. Aww. And he was like, wait, I'm gonna a score. And it was eventually released, and honestly sorry Alex but no I like the way it was <laughs> it was way better than with Stanley's temporary score which is fascinating too because Stanley did that a lot with like even starting with 2001 Space Odyssey, he used like a um I'm gonna say it's Bella Bartok I think that's how you say the name but uh his music is so freaking weird like <laughs> like you listen to it and you're like this existed before this, you know. Like you would think that it was written specifically for the film to fit the certain kind of atmosphere that they yeah. wanted. Like *The Shining* as a great example. He, same composer. Yeah. He used some of his music, and you listen to it outside of the film. Like if you just like, I, I have the soundtrack on vinyl, which is very, very rare and hard to find because it had to be taken out of print because uh, they didn't have the rights to all the songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they released it to before that, and I have a copy of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He, ro- he rose the roof john did just i rose now. the roof yeah. cuz i have that and it's gorgeous too with the <laughs> yellow the Saul bass artwork oh my god it's beautiful anyway not the point so he um he uses prezi's music you listen to it and you're like it's alarming that that music existed before like that was written for just the sake of writing it from the artist but it's like it sounds like it should be for the shining do you know what i mean like cause yeah. it's so fucking creepy you're like what the hell kind of person wrote this shit? And (laughs) then the fact that Stanley Kubrick at some point owned this record of some sort that had this music on it. It was like, you listen to this? Like, sitting in your living room with headphones? Like, I just... (laughs) 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 Like, it's such a bizarre kind of thing. And same with 2001. Like, the piece that he used for the opening uh, for the... What do you call that? The... Monolith? entrance, Entrance music and exit music. Mm-hmm. It was called, I think it's a piece called Atmospheres, and it's just like, has these weird voices. Uh, yip, 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 yip.
0: It's like, it. what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so fucking creepy. But it works. It's perfect. All of it is. Because it's Stanley. Yeah. So we did our first Stanley
1: film. We did. Yeah. Well, you did. Well,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did
1: probably
2: talk a lot.
1: Yeah, but it's also like, This is your
2: thing. My wheelhouse, if you will. Yeah? (laughs) Stanley's in my wheelhouse. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh my. Somebody notify
1: his next of kin. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh,
2: Oh, please do. I want to meet them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, even his wife. I love his wife. His wife is in Paths of Glory. That's where they met. His, uh...
1: Then they were not his first wife. not No, no, no. Ruth. He has t- uh,
2: th- how this many would be how his many third wives? wife? Okay. How Is many Chris- wives? Christiane, Christiane Kubrick. Christian Kubrick. Uh, hmm? I w- I was saying how many, but oh three. He, yeah, I was yeah. already answered. Ruth Sub- Sabatka or whatever was. I don't know if that was his first or second. And
1: did all of them have some sort of hand in uh, films? films? Yes,
2: yes. Well, then Ruth, I believe been,
1: so. Might have been first. If this is the second
2: movie. Well, no, she was in Killer's Kiss, too. She was a ballerina. Right on. In Killer's Kiss. so
1: Right, so I'm suggesting that Ruth. she might be first. Because she was in this one. Or she did something with this, with this yeah, one. Yeah,
2: but I think... No, no, no. It, I, think, I think the first wife he had did not have anything to do with his films. Although she might have had something to do with his first film.
1: Uh, Toba Metz, nineteen. There you go. 48
2: to 51. Oh, um, yeah. She who's... was She was in... I'm pretty sure she's the girl in... Um, was she? Mm. She might have been the girl in uh, Fear and Desire. I... Maybe not. She looks like her. Or maybe I just know her face. <laughs> maybe you just know her <laughs> face. Yeah. It could be. She might not have been. But yeah, Ruth was um, the ballerina,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and of course, then she worked like behind the scenes for some of his stuff. Like yeah. she was the what the art director for this one, I think. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Pretty. And then of course Christiane, right there—that's her in *Pads of Glory*. Mm-hmm. And when they met, he—he uh, he was doing the casting or whatever, and she came in. You know, and she said he was like staring at me from from over the uh, across the room, or whatever, and he's been staring at me ever since. <laughs> well, I mean, un- until he passed away.
1: <laughs> no, he still stares. She kept his peepers.
2: Oh, maybe she did. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have his eyes.
1: <laughs> he's
2: moved in a jar to put him wherever I want on a bedstand. But she's an artist, and a lot of the paint, like the painting, um, oddly enough in the rape scene (laughs) in Clockwork Orange (laughs) I guess seed boxes the name of the the piece of art Mm -hmm. Uh, that's by her and then uh, all the artwork I believe well not all most of the artwork in Eyes Wide Shut is her like hanging on the walls yeah I think his daughter has maybe one of the paintings is by his daughter I think the cat (laughs) which was his cat
1: I uh, I don't think wait the cat, I've seen stuff about that. I think it was a fam a uh, family friend that did it. Maybe it was a family. It friend. was yeah, like yeah. his cat, I think, and then like, yeah. he ended up hanging it up. It was like a big thing.
2: Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. I knew it was. It was not his wife. Yeah. It, yeah. I can't remember if it was a daughter or not. Maybe it wasn't his daughter. No, I think it was a dude. No, I think it was a woman. Pretty sure it was a girl. A wo- a woman that painted it
1: not a child <coughs> not, not a, a child, child not a boy
2: <laughs> right on anyway uh, mm-hmm. so yeah oh uh, <laughs> I guess we should probably end it for the, the folks at home that are still like you guys can shut up now if yeah. we've watched the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> and we did this all in one piece so this is all you're gonna get all of it at once no two-parters for this one <laughs> Right not for my Stanley. Although when we do eyes wide shut, no, well, any of any his of the other ones, yeah.
1: Anything after the next one, the next well, it, Pants, what was it? Doctor Doctor Strange has a
2: glory. Lolita. No, Lolita was that that after really Strange Loan. Love, so it was a oh Spartacus. But we don't have to do Spartacus. Oh my Ooh, it's not one of my favorites. It wasn't his either. It was a job, and that's
1: how you justify it
2: yeah yeah. I honestly it's not one of my favorites in general like I don't even <laughs> like if it if it hadn't been Stanley Kubrick directed I would not own that movie I believe that I just I don't like it it's not very good mm-hmm. I mean it has some good moments for sure mm-hmm. and those are all due to Stanley but he came in as a, a favor for Kurt Douglas to make that and <laughs> that's a good story we'll talk about that when we do Pads though when we don't do Spartacus <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll
2: talk we'll talk about that but um but uh, but Spartacus doing Spartacus the job was what gave him more opportunity to do whatever he wanted right because it was like well now I made this big fucking picture that was an epic goddamn thing that made you goddamn money give me some motherfucking money and I'm gonna make my goddamn movies so he made Dr. Strange Strangelove
0: mm-hmm. or how he learned
2: to stop wearing a little bomb yes And a moving picture. Mm -hmm. There we go. And then he did, uh, because of the success of that, and he was like, well, I can do it around what? Let's make Lolita. (laughs) 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 So he did Lolita. Wait a minute. Is that right? Am I doing the right order? Lolita? Yes. No, no, no. Lolita was after, I'm sorry. I messed that up. Lolita was after Spartacus. And then he got to do Doctor Strange Love. Okay. Then, Dr. Strangelove led into 2001 A Space Odyssey. You know what? I'm all not right.
1: going arg- to argue with you.
2: I just got it messed up for a minute. I knew the success of Spartacus is what made him want to do something crazy. So he did Lolita. Yeah. Which was a, you know, and even the, the posters, they all say, how did they ever make a film of Lolita? You know, because it was such a raunchy Thing. and they had to he had to film it in uh england because he had to have a young actress playing this Ooh. part where she's having sex with an old dude <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the americans would not have it
2: the americans are like nope well they also had child labor laws and everything so to get around all that he moved to england and then he basically kind of never came back he couldn't get twins twins what
1: for child labor laws that's so. how
2: Oh, like to get around that. Get around, so then, yeah, like, yeah. They have to take breaks and all kinds of shit. Yeah,
1: you just work one of them to death and then you'd work the other to yeah, death. Exactly. Yeah,
2: exactly. You just do it in shifts. Yes. Okay, see, so yeah, I was right. I'm sorry. I, I, was, messed double, it up a I little, was double
1: though. checking uh, 2001. So you would <clears> right after
2: After Strange Love. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, uh, the Blu ray I have of that one is a little book.
2: I love it. That's the Criterion release. Is it? Yeah, right? Maybe. Black and white cover.
1: Yes. With the, with the
2: blue. Blue? There's a blue,
1: there's a blue stripe on it.
2: Now, I don't know. Oh. No, you have the, I think you have the book edition. I, that's what I said. Well, I thought you meant the card. <laughs> Never mind. It wasn't like this.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, no. A, it's a book. Okay, yeah.
2: yeah. I used to have that one. Uh, with Stanley Films, I don't keep I mean, every single version.
1: I'm pretty sure I bought that one when I was with you. You no. might have bought
2: my copy of it from Movie Stop.
1: No 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 not, I didn't
2: buy it at Movie Stop, I bought it no? at
1: a Sound Exchange. Oh, well, that could have been mine too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where I got rid of it. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, with Stanley films I, I opted to always upgrade. Yes. So I don't keep older versions. Right. Like I don't have my old VHS. <laughs> Oh, collection. you're crazy! I don't have my original DVD collection, which it would be fascinating to have because when they did the the first collection, like I said, when Stanley was alive, mm-hmm. they put out his collection purposely. Well, you know, because of Stanley Kubrick, and they could, but they also did it to make money, to raise to restore his other his films, like okay. the ones that they released. He was actually working on trying to restore them, so that was their way of kind of like generating some money so they could restore all of them. And then that's why there's a remastered collection that came out. Well, that came out probably after he passed away. But he had worked on all those restorations himself. So he was there for all of them. Yeah. And uh, in fact, it, uh, Dr. Strangelove, or how learned learn to sound more than the bomb, the version that you see most often is his personal copy because they lost the original negative. Don't know where it went
1: on to so so, that stuff.
2: Yeah. People be I don't think it was very happy color, about that.
1: Nobody, yeah. Well, no that no, was, no that place was, is safe.
2: That was in black and white, but
1: you know well, no, I mean, like...
2: Oh. <laughs> There's no Technicolor in Dr. Strange or well, yeah. How I Learned. It's not where I love the bomb. You're going to kill me with that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't understand how you can do it always for Too Wong Fu.
2: <laughs> Thanks for everything Julie Newmar. <laughs> That's just like a... You yeah. kind of have to. Like know.
1: Like, outside, outside of podcasting, outside of anything, anytime anyone has ever brought up to Wong Fu, it has Thanks been... Thanks
2: for everything Julie
1: Newmar. Like, it's like a trigger. <laughs> it is like yeah, a tick <laughs> yeah Johnny loves full titles like you I all do. shorten a person's name no, or anything like, like that yeah
2: if, yeah yeah. well you know anyway so I'm sorry guys we're keeping you <laughs>
1: yeah, it's time yeah to go. you got
2: things to do you got uh, people to see people to see and jobs to work can't be sitting here with headphones on the whole time if you wear headphones oh. sitting in your car dying in the heat because you want to finish this episode <laughs> <laughs> if you live I in gotta Florida. go and
0: get ice cream <laughs>
2: Okay, guys. All right. So, uh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, uh, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. And, Please. and uh, do other things, too. And other services. Other services. Oh, it's BTW. still valuable to have. Uh, I mean, I haven't checked
1: our. Subscribing, rating, I reviewing. I haven't checked our Liking, email. sharing. So, I don't know if anybody won that
2: contest that we set out drunkenly. You
1: know what? Let's uh, edit this out and double check. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'm not going to edit it. This yeah. guy does not edit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh but
2: uh maybe you won. <laughs> yeah, so uh congratulations. Congratulations to the winners. Beep 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 beep. That's your name. And uh <laughs> it's Gina Davis.
0: It's G- oh my god, it's <laughs> Gina Davis
2: Yes, it's absolutely Gina Davis.
1: So yeah, so um Uh tune in next week where we watch Oh, Galaxy Quest. Ah, I'm so
2: excited. <laughs> she sprung that on me right a, i i yeah i sure i sure did <laughs> it's her choice so i'm so excited oh my yeah. god oh so yeah alrighty bye bye <laughs>